0: May I speak to you in the name of Christ Emmanuel, who is God with us. Amen. Amen. Merry Christmas! Christmas. Last year, as, as I was leaving the YMCA in the first days of January, I remember overhearing a couple teenagers in the lobby who were wondering out loud why the Christmas tree was still up. And uh, whether intentional or simply an accident of management, it took every ounce of priestly restraint I could muster not to offer an unsolicited lesson about the 12 days in the season of Christmastide. Well, this past week, I was was delighted to sort of disengage from the news cycle, uh, disengage from the hustle and bustle of the city for a few days, as I enjoyed my first Christmas up in rural Michigan with, dun-dun-dun, the in-laws. <laughs> Growing up as an only child, it is a traumatic experience to suddenly be thrust into a family with a mom and a dad, eight new siblings-in-law, and their, count them, nine children, 19 and counting, new family members it was a traumatic experience but i'm glad to say that while i entered the week with a measure of trepidation and anxiety i was quickly overcome with salt of the earth midwestern hospitality which is just as sarcastic as southerners but less backhanded They prefer to dish it out to your face. (laughs) It's really a sign of love and endearment. What really got me on this trip, though, was that it was my first Christmas with my new name. After several years, I finally got to convert from hearing, Merry Christmas, Mr. Zach, to Merry Christmas, Uncle Zach. And I loved it. I spent a good hour one morning training my new niece Charlotte to respond that her favorite uncle was Uncle Zach. (laughs) I caught it on video. And the even more profound shift that I'm still working to make is from calling my in-laws, my parents-in-law, Mr. and Mrs. Watterson, to mom and dad. It's not something that my family... Uh, Really did growing up. Does your family call the in laws just mom and dad? I'm not sure if it's a Midwestern thing, but I'm still very much getting used to calling Mr. and Mrs. Watterson mom and dad. That's all to say I love how seriously my in laws value the importance of family to the extent that when someone marries in, no matter what their opinion was of them beforehand, There is no distinction between in-laws and originals. It is simply family. Mother, father, sister, brother, aunt, and uncle. It is such a spirit of adoption. A spirit of adoption made possible through the incarnation that our readings so earnestly want us to embrace this morning. In the first chapter of John's Gospel, we hear the familiar discourse in which Jesus is characterized as the Word made flesh, the God who came down, entering the world, taking on our human nature that all humanity might be redeemed, the light shining in the darkness that the darkness did not overcome. I love the message version of the Bible, which describes this incarnation as the event in which God moved into the neighborhood and through the mystery of God's solidarity with God's own creation in Jesus, John says that those who believe, those who embrace this reality are given the power to become children of God, born not of blood or of the will of man or of the flesh, but born of God. Likewise, in our reading From the letter to the Galatians, the Apostle Paul is writing to a young Christian church that is struggling with profound differences of opinion about how to welcome newcomers into the community. There is a faction of the sort of old guard, which is heavily influenced by teachers who came to follow Jesus in the Jewish tradition and to wish to honor their long heritage of being identified with the people of God, the people Israel, a people unified, formed, and set apart as a holy people through the law of Moses, a covenant made up of a number of wonderfully edifying teachings such as love God and love neighbor, the Ten Commandments, but also a number of, let's say, less hospitable ritual practices, the law. For instance, if you think it is imposing when the newly baptized or confirmed members here at All Saints get handed a pledge card by the lovely Ellen Hayes, just remember that there were those in the early church coming after male converts with knives. Not a great strategy for church growth. (laughs) And so much to our relief, Paul lays out the radically egalitarian nature of life in the beloved community of Christ. He literally says that there are no Christians in law versus Christians not under the law. It is right between the two parts of Galatians we read today in which Paul says that among those who are baptized into Christ, there is no Jew or Gentile, male or female, slave or free, but that we are all one in Christ Jesus. In Christ, we stand on level ground. Whether you have been in the family for five minutes or 50 years, there is no hierarchy, no first or second class Christians. We are all loved and accepted just the same, adopted as children of God, Paul writes, and he continues saying that because we are children, God has sent the spirit of his son into our hearts, crying, Abba, Father. Abba, Father. I admit that the intimacy of this will make most Episcopalians squirm in their seats just a bit. Abba, Father. Really, the most direct translation of this is something more along the lines of Daddy, or Papa, or Mama. It is uncomfortably intimate. Can you imagine if in our corporate prayer life we prayed with such language? Daddy, Abba. But that is just how closely Paul wants us to embrace God and know ourselves embraced by God as God's own children. Later in the first chapter of John, John the Baptist will identify Jesus as the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world, an image that would become central to the development of Christian art and worship, and one that reminds me of another vignette that gives a further window into the radical nature of our spiritual adoption And let me say, since this is All Saints, I'm sure there are some veterinarians or farm animal experts in the crowd that will be happy to correct me afterwards, but for a moment, entertain me. Because I learned, and this could be totally bogus, but I learned a couple years ago that in my understanding, as it turns out, just like most mammal species, sheep and lambs tend to get pregnant around the same time every year and give birth around the same time. And sadly, as with most mammal species, when the sheep are giving birth, some of the mother sheep survive and others die. Some of the little baby lambs live and others die. And so the natural solution for someone Raising animals, you would think, would be to simply coax the surviving mothers to nurse and raise the surviving lambs. However, what ancient shepherds, perhaps the same shepherds we met in Bethlehem last week, what ancient shepherds knew is that this was not a natural occurrence. And in fact, the only way you could coax a surviving mother's sheep to take on A surviving baby lamb was to take a knife, draw blood from one of the dead baby lambs, and smear it on one of the living orphan lambs. Then and only then would the corresponding mother smell her own child's scent and take on the orphan lamb as her own. But once she did she would take it on as indeed her very own, without distinction. It was hers. I love this tidbit because it provides a beautiful image, I think, of the acceptance and love that God shows towards the whole human family that Christ came to call and claim as his own. When God looks at us, it is almost as if God sees Jesus himself. Not for our faults and failures. God isn't judging us based on how we measure up or compare to others. No, God sees us as God's own children without partiality. And while we can yet screw up, disappoint, turn away, and come home as prodigal sons and daughters, the truth is that we can never do anything to make God love us any more or any less. We are loved and be loved beyond measure. Each of us in this sanctuary, I hope, can point to a time when we have known the unconditional, unmerited, fully embracing love of God through love of family, whether by blood, by birth, by family, or by choice. I hope you have experienced that at some point in your life. I know that some of you have amazing stories of literal adoptions. Others have challenging and painful stories of rejection by biological relatives and adoption into new families by faith and by choice. I thank God that All Saints Church has been able to provide a family and refuge for many of you, through the many and varied changes and chances of life. It is this kind of godly love that assures us, even as we plan our New Year's self-improvement projects, that we are already enough. We are already beautiful. We are fully and completely known, fully and completely loved. And yet we live in a world God knows that is still estranged, disconnected, in the dark, families against families, neighbors against neighbors, nations against nations, estranged from one another, estranged from God, and ignorant to the truth that we are already God's own children, enslaved to the powers of this world that tell us our value comes from our ability to accumulate wealth, power, and status. And yet at Christmas, we receive a different story. For at Christmas, the Word became flesh. God moved into the neighborhood. Heaven and earth have been met to get together. We have power to become children of God. Indeed, you are no longer a slave, but a child, Paul writes. And if a child, then also an heir. Through God. In just a few moments, we will approach our family table once again to receive our inheritance, which is nothing less than God's own life, the Word made flesh in our very bodies through the gifts of bread and wine. And as we do, I simply encourage you to consider this morning, what will you do with that gift? How are you being called to take the food of love you receive at this table to provide nourishment to the world, to bear the gift of community, of connection, of family? How are you being called to extend the gift of godly love and family in your life beyond this place? How are you being called to help others taste and see? Let us pray. Holy God, Abba, Daddy, Mama, friends. You have put your life into our hands. Now we put our lives into yours. Take us, renew us, and remake us, we pray. What we have been is past. What we shall be through you still awaits. Lead us on. Take us with you. Amen.